Be delighted this holiday season at Ice and Lights, the winter village at Cameron Run. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Stroll through the park and enjoy winter photo ops, light displays, hot chocolate, and a warm treat. The winter village offers playtime for the entire family. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 17th. Get your tickets now at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. So we're starting a brand new series today called Christianity 101. It's going to be amazing. Let's pray. God, have your way. Do what you do when you do when you do it because you do it so well. I pray that as we move into this series today, that you would open us up to receive. I pray that as we move in this series today that our faith would grow deeper and stronger. Our love for you would increase. Father, rebuild the foundations that have been broken now. In Jesus' name we pray. Can I just get you to lift both of your hands for just a moment? Can I just get you to open your mouth for just a moment and say, Lord, I'm ready to receive. Say, Lord, my spirit is open and ready. I'm like a sponge. Say, fill me up today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go to work. So our series is Christianity 101. 101 uh, in college, it means the basics or the foundation. You have biology 101. You had math 101. You had world history 101. You had uh, theology 101, what have you. It just means the basics or the foundations. And I think this is so important, especially uh, a series for us to do now, because sometimes we get excited and we begin to build our hope and excitement, but we're not building on a solid foundation. So consequently, when things don't go your way, if there's no foundation, when a storm comes, then whatever you've built is toppled over. In your next 12, what you build is not going to be destroyed. Come on. 
But if you've got a shaky foundation, whatever you're trying to build, this is true in your relationship with God. This is true in your relationship with people. This is true in marriage. This is true in friendship. This is true in a business. If your foundation is flawed, whatever you build, the moment a storm comes, it is going to be knocked down. And for many of you, you are afraid to even try again or build again or do something again in life. And you say, well, because every time I build, it gets knocked down. Can I submit to you that the reason it gets knocked down is because the foundation wasn't right. But in this new spiritual year, everything you build, your foundation is going to be solid. In your friendships, your foundation is going to be solid. In your relationship with God, your foundation is going to be solid. In your relationships with people, your foundation is going to be solid. No more little uh, janky, messed up, jacked up friendships. No more little messed up, janky, jacked up relationships. Whatever you build in this 12, it's going to be on a solid foundation. Now, Psalm chapter 11, verse number 3 in the NIV, here's what it says. It says, when the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? In other words, here's what the scripture is communicating to us, is that if the foundation of something's being destroyed, it leaves you feeling powerless. It leaves you feeling ineffective. It leaves you feeling at the whim of whatever storm you are going through. Can I be honest? You do not know that something can be trusted until it can be tested. Question, have you shown God that you can be trusted? Because when you're tested, even though you may sway to the left and the right, you are still standing solid. You maybe have had some human moments, but you can say, I'm still standing solid. You may have had some stuff that upset you and frustrated you, but you can say, I am still standing solid. The foundation matters. And here's what I've discovered. Many Christians do not have a solid foundation. Their view of God is not a father. It's a Santa Claus. Their view of God is not a father. It is somebody that does whatever they want, whenever they want, and they come see him like this, like an absentee father. I'll show up when I need something. Until then, just make sure I get my child support on the 1st and the 15th. But I need you to know he's more than just an, watch me, he's not an absentee father in the first place. If there's been no person that's ever been consistent in your life, I'm here to tell you God has always been consistent. He says, even if you make your bed in hell, God said, I'll be right there looking at you saying, is it hot enough yet? Are you going to do right yet? You're going to change your mind yet? God has always been faithful to us. But if your foundation is messed up, then whatever you try to do, it will rem it's going to be jacked up. In other words, you're going to be like, what can I do? And that's because you don't have a solid foundation. Let me give you a solid foundation. It works like this. It means I don't care what I face. As long as I got God, I can always start over. God, that's good to me. Last night, that thing hit me real good. And it, it was just a simple principle, simple revelation. But it, no matter what I'm facing, no matter what changes around me, as long as God is consistent, I'm good. For those of us that have had a lot of transition over the last 12 months, that should be a place where you can rejoice. Because, listen, people will change. People will be fickle. They'll get their little attitudes and this, that, and that. But God will be right there. He's solid. Solid as a rock. I need you to open your mouth, please, and say, he is my foundation. So look, 1 Corinthians 3.11 makes that clear. It says, for no one can lay a foundation other than the one already laid, which is what? Jesus Christ. So today's message is this. Say his name. Say his name. When no one is around you, 
Say Jesus, I love you. If you ain't running game, say his name, say his name. You acting kind of shady. You ain't prayed lately. Are you running game? Say his name, say. <laughs> so I need y'all to be ready for that at the left bit too. I ain't playing. <laughs> All right, what's his name? Jesus, is it? Well, we're going to learn today. Y'all got real silent. Like, wait a minute. All right, everybody look at me. God is not God's name. God is a title from a 6th century Germanic term, Gudan. In Exodus chapter 20 and verse number 7 in the GWT, that's the God's word translation, it says, never use the name of the Lord your God carelessly. So for all of you who have said, I don't say a particular cuss word because I ain't taking the name of the Lord in vain. That's not his name. I'm not saying you should say that, but that's not his name. The Lord will make sure that anyone who carelessly uses his name will be punished. So here's what happened. God, it means this. It means to call upon. So this term God was created as a way to make a title because they didn't want to carelessly use the name of the Lord. I'm going I'm to teach you his name in a moment. They, they use this term God because they said we do not want to carelessly use his name because when we use his name, that has power. And we don't want to carelessly use it. You ever heard or met people who like to name drop? They want to tell you everybody they know as a method to validate who they are. I'm always leery of people who do that because in my mind, if the only thing that makes you valuable is who you know, then yeah, evidently you're not worth knowing. And I need you to know what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 12. The Bible says he'll make my name great. I need you to say your first and your last name, please. Yeah. He said, I'm going to make that great. And great there means I'm going to make the report of your name be good. So when people hear your name, they're going to think, up, oh, debt free. When they hear your name, they're going to think blessed. When they hear your name, they're going to think favored. When they hear your name, they're going to think that's a person that sees miracles every single day of their life. I don't need to name drop. Baby, I got my own name. Say, say my name. Say my name. Right? So God means to call upon, to request of. So question, who's your God? Because it's a title, not a person. So God, for some of you, is your mama. Because that's who you request of. Don't get quiet now. God, for you, for some of you, is your spouse. Because that's who you request of. God, for some, is your kids. Your whole world now revolves around them. And so consequently, you are teaching your children how to be sociopathic narcissists. The world revolves around me. It means to call upon, then to invoke, to appeal to. Question, who do you appeal to? Appeal means, I didn't like this decision, so I went above the head. Who do you appeal to? Then it means to libate. That means to pour out to. Question, who do you pour out to? Because based on this definition, for some, your God is one of your friends. Because that's who you pour out to. You don't pour out to God. You call your friend and say, can you believe what Darlene did? Can you believe what Shirley did? You pour out to them. And God says, when are you going to talk to me? When are you going to tell me how what she did hurt you? Because then I'll explain I'm the one that made her do it. 
You wouldn't be mad like you are if I explained to you that I am the one that made her do it so you'd stop libating to her and you would libate to me. What does that mean? Because many times we run the people instead of God and people often the best they can do is point you right back to God. Then it means God means source. Source means a, a few things. Where do you get your information from? Check your sources. Whenever people bring information to me, I always check the source. I said, now, where did you get that from? Who said that? When did they say it? Give me verification that they said it. Because many of us, we will make policy for our lives based on information that's not actually true. There are certain people you don't like now, not because you heard them say anything or you know they said something. It's because somebody ran and told you something and you took their word for it and you missed out on your blessing because you were listening to gossip. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. You are missing out on what God has your baby for you because you're listening to somebody else that didn't like them. And you got to be careful because I can't let your not like be my not like. Especially if it's not based on factual information. You ever seen these man on the street interviews that people do? Um, you know, I know Jay Leno back on the Tonight Show used to do it. I know he ain't on it anymore. But they used to do these, these things. They go ask people questions. And people couldn't answer basic questions, yet they had, yet they had strong opinions. So they'd be like, who's the current president? Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, ah. Uh, Richard Nixon? Ah. Uh, you're like, what? And then you say, do you, are you anti this? Oh, yeah, I'm against that. You don't even know who's in the White House. How is it you have such a strong opinion, yet you are so misinformed? I pray that you would not have strong opinions based on bad information. I pray that the same fresh start you want God to give you, for some of you, you owe it to some people. Information obtained from, then it means origin. Origin, then it means spring. Spring means where something bubbles up from. Bubbles up from. Then it means, here's the last definition, authority. God is my source. So he is the authority. Question, are you your God? Because are you your own authority? I'm going to do what I want to do. You made yourself God. And anytime the scripture teaches us in the Ten Commandments that if you make an idol, you make a God. And any idol of God you make, God says, I will knock it down question, could it be you keep getting knocked down because you keep making yourself God? Could it be that every time you feel like you're about to have breakthrough, God says, sit down somewhere. Because you think you're the authority. And you know what God has to do to you? He says sometimes, you are about to lose your job. Why? Because you are not God. It's not about what you feel and what you think and your truth. What does the word say? What does the Bible say? Whatever your authority is, that's your God. Whatever the final authority is, that is God. So there's certain things that we do or don't do because the word said this is what it is. Like God's not changing his mind because you don't like it. Well, you know, it's just about a new culture. I don't care nothing about nothing you just said. Somebody said something to me the other day and they said, sir, you know, I said, let me tell you something. I said, I don't care nothing about nothing you just said to me. I said, because I am responsible to him, not to you. 
And then I said, and let me help you with something. You can only give constructive criticism when you've constructed something. So question, what have you built? What if you had a bad hand and still played it well? Because unless you've done that, I need you to keep all your opinions to yourself. Some of y'all need to tell some people today, don't call me no more with that stuff because you can't give me constructive criticism. You have never constructed anything. Okay? So God's name is not God. By definition, God is a title. So your God could be anything that's your uh, what you call upon, you invoke, that's your source, that you libate to. God's name is yud heh His name is yud heh His name is yud heh Now, in Scripture, you're going to see an all capital L-O-R-D. You're going to see that, right? When you see that, that is referring to the name of God. In short, it's Yahweh, and in English, it's Jehovah. You got it? Okay, now, I need you to check this out. Um, in that, the name of the Lord, listen, it means Lord. Bishop, that's not deep. The name of the Lord is Lord. Mm -mm. No, actually, it's very deep. Because here's what American church has taught us. He's my Savior. American church says he's my Savior but he never becomes Lord. So the only time you run to him is when you need saving. But the rest of the week, he's not your Lord. So the only time you pray is when you need saving. But because he's not Lord, you don't let him run your life Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And for everybody under the sound of my voice, maybe he's only been your savior up to this point. But from here on out, God says, I want to be your Lord. That means I rule, I reign, I conquer, and I subdue you. When I say jump, you respond how high. When I say shut up, you stop talking. When I say speak, you open your mouth. When I say praise, you praise. When I say sit down, you sit down. When I say stand up, you stand up. I'm not fighting with you to be your Lord. And for many Christians, he is only Savior. Come on, you need saving? I've got you. I'm God. And then, once he saves you, here's what he expects. Now, be consistent to me. And here's what happens for many Christians. Once you get saved, he saved you on Sunday. He see you today. They go Sunday night, you gone. They go Monday, you gone. Because he's only your savior. Everybody look at me, which means consequently, we have learned to use him. Come on. We've learned to use him. And can I ask you a question? Do you like when people use you? Like they never had intentions on being your friend. They needed a ride. They never had intentions on praying for you. Listen, when they said they prayed for you, that was the prayer. Who likes being used? None of us like being used. So then we need saving again. Do, 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 do. Your next 12 are going to be your best 12. Now rejoice. Shout. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Come on, give him praise music. Come on, come on, come on. Pick him up. Put him down. Pick him up. All right, now here's the deal. 
And that was church. And then he even blesses you. And then once he blesses you, because you think you got that job. Truth is, truth be told, they was meeting about telling you that you were about to lose it. But God gave you another chance. You thought it was your immune system that got you corona. God says, this, she was about to snuff you out. But I, I breathed the breath of life into you. Somebody holler, God did it. Got a new car now. You was on time when you was walking to church. You're late when you drive. Bougie now. Because you got a key fob for your car. When you used to that little silver GMC key for sister. <laughs> now you got you a fob. You bougie now. You've arrived now. Your car talks back to you now. You eating everybody else's car. Can't nobody eat yours. <laughs> so then, then you go from him being Savior. And God says, now let me be your Lord. So let me, let me, give me all of what I gave you. Like, stay faithful to me. And then you again, watch what the Bible says. You begin to turn from him. And then you'll say, I feel so distant from God. And God says, look, sir, you moved. I didn't. Look, ma'am, you moved. I didn't. I just don't feel the same when I praise. You the one looking at the wall. And God says, really? So this is what we're doing? Like, this feels like a Kelly Price music video. Like, we ain't talking to one another. <laughs> you should have told me I wouldn't. <laughs> Okay, y'all don't know. <laughs> and God is like, really? So you've turned your back on me. God says, now, listen, I'm not going to throw you away. But what I am going to have to do is show you that you don't have the power to be your God. So that car, bam, let me get that up off of you. And then here's what you do. Run back to the Savior. <laughs> oh, I need him. And for some of you, this has been your walk with Jesus since you met him. That's why it feels like a dysfunctional relationship because you only want him to be savior. But I think there's some of us and your praise is going to reflect him. I don't just want him to be my savior. I need him to be my Lord. If that's you, can you let him know with your praise? Let him know with your praise. Tell me what to do. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you need. Tell me if it ain't good enough for you. Somebody say, he's my Lord. Thank you. So watch. So let's look at this. Our God, he is, he's, he's great. That means he's amazing. He's amazing because even when we played that game with him, he's like, look, you're really working my last nerve. But I'm going to give you some more time. Because I realize you learned to be disrespectful from your mama. So you learned to be dishonorable from your daddy. 
So it's going to take you a little minute to realize I'm your father, which means what I say goes. I'm going to give you some time. And I don't know about you. I'm grateful for grace and mercy. What is grace? When he gave me the good I did not deserve. And what is mercy? When he blocked the negative. Because you know what? When you played that game with him, he should have just said, let her go. Let him go. But God says, I will give you another chance because I am great. How about he's great? He's omnipotent. Omnipotent. I'm not meaning all potent, meaning power. He has unlimited power. That means God says, whatever you haven't seen me do doesn't mean I can't do it. I'm just looking for somebody to show myself strong through. I'm looking for somebody to show my power through. But I've got omnipotence. I'm omnipotent. Then he is omniscient. Omniscient. All knowledge. All science, which is knowledge or the study of, which means science and God aren't at war with one another. There is no science without God. So for everybody that feels like, well, I just feel like there's some unexplained things. No, that's just because you haven't been taught right. Because the reality is, is everything that you know scientifically got its origin in this word. Everything you study eventually takes you back to God. Oh, but I just believe it was a big bang. Well, who shut it off? I just believe I just believe that was some primordial soup and it just decided all of a sudden one day to start morphing. But who made it morph? I don't care how you want to try to explain it away. At the end of the day, there's nothing you can study that doesn't take you back to God. Here's gravity. Gravity says that if I step out, then I'm going to go down. Where'd you get that from? That goes from the word. God created gravity so that everything on the earth would be kept down to the earth. So that while we're walking on this planet, we would not be floating and floating around. Everything that you study takes you back to God. How they get all them animals on that ark? It's very simple. Did you see how big, big he made it? Well, how the animals know to come? He summoned them. How does the moth know to fly? How does the butterfly know to evolve? How does the dog know how to bow, wow, wow, yippee, yo, yippee, yay, bow, bow, wow, yippee, yo? How does the cat know how to meow? God says, everything you study is eventually going to take you back to me know how. So you can try to explain me away, but at the end of the day, it goes back to God. He's infinite knowledge. He's omniscient. And where did we learn that from? Psalm 147 and 5. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. Great is our Lord, abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. Great, omnipotent, omniscient, and he's omnipresent. Here's what's amazing about God. He's everywhere at the same time. Somebody say, he's everywhere at the same time. He's everywhere at the same time. Proverbs 15.3, the eyes of the Lord mm, are in every place. So for those of you who try to do stuff, Undercover. Keep it on the down God says, this is what you're going to do. This is what we're about to do. Do we need to go back to this whole Savior versus Lord thing? This is what you're going to do? You really going to get an attitude that I'm going to have to check you in front of everybody out? You really going to act like so the eyes of the Lord are what? In every place. Just give that some thought. That means God has seen you when you're on the throne. Come on now. 
Now, I need you to catch it. Because you try to hide stuff from God when you pray. Don't we? We try, well, Father, I'm just so. And God is like, so you're not going to tell me the truth? They that worship me must worship me in spirit and truth. You're not going to tell me what's really going on? Like, I don't know. I literally was with you 15 minutes ago when you funked it up. You was like the brat, so functified. No, I need you to catch it. You're like, Bishop, that's gross. I need you to understand just how real it is. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere at the same time, which means God has seen me at my worst and still want me. He's seen you at your very lowest and still wants you. He's seen you at your stankiest and he still wants you. He's seen you at your most depressed and still wants you. Please make this declaration and say, he's seen me at my worst and he still wants me. Who could love a God like that? Who could love a God like that? He saw you acting a fool and said, get over here and sit down somewhere. He saw you over there being emotional and said, get yourself together. In every place, keeping watch on the watch this. God, do you see what these people are doing to me? On the evil and the good. God says, I'm keeping watch on the evil, and I'm keeping watch on the folks that's doing wrong and the folks that's doing right. I'm watching everybody. I see you. Now, God says his name for the first time recorded in the scripture. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 13. Here's how that's amazing. What's the first book of the Bible? Genesis. Second book, Exodus. He doesn't say his name until the second book, which means it's possible to know him and not know his name. I need you to catch that because for some of you, you, you acting like you just met God when you got saved. God says, I've been with you since you were a little girl. I've been with you since you were a little boy. You didn't know my name. You didn't know what that was. You didn't know what was giving you comfort in the midnight. You didn't know what gave you strength. You didn't know what kept you. I've known you for a while. You just didn't know my name. But now you're about to say my name. Say my name. Exodus 3 verse 13. Then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me. That's all they knew him as. The God who we call upon, who we invoke, our source. The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, what is his name? What am I going to tell them? They were like, we only know you as Big Mama's God. We only know you as Daddy's God. We only know you as Grandmama's God because she would take us to church and tell us to put that dollar in the offering that we had on our white church shoes. How many of you can be honest that when you grew up, anybody online, that when you grew up, what you knew of God was simply because of someone else? It was your mama, your daddy, your father. Like, they introduced you to God, and thank God that they made the introduction. But at some point, he can't be the God of your fathers and your mother. He has to be yours. So he waits to introduce himself until a moment where they need saving which is going to be the prerequisite to him being their Lord. Did you catch that? God always begins to introduce himself to us in our low moments. Because that's when you're open to do what? To call upon somebody, to invoke somebody, to libate to somebody, to look to a source. So look at verse 14. 
God said to Moses, he says, here's my name. Say my name. Say my name. I am who I am. Now just think about it. That ain't no name. Check it out. That's like not a, like, you know, Leroy Jenkins. You know, like. <laughs> Darlene Williams. Like, I mean, that's not. God says, here's my name, Moses. I am who I am. That's your name, God? Say to these people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Lord, you gave me a phrase, not a name. Because what did I teach you his name is? In short, Yahweh or Jehovah in English, Yahweh in, in Hebrew. Did he introduce himself that way there? No. Please catch this. He says, my name is a phrase. My name is a year. It's right there on the screen. A share a year. Here's what that means. I will prove what and who I am. In other words, my name is, I'll show you better than I can tell you. God, dog, y'all missed it. My name is, I will show you. My, I can tell you all day I'm Jehovah Jireh, but I'll just provide for you, and you'll know I'm your provider. I can tell you all day I'm Jehovah Rofika, which means you're a healer, but I'll just heal you, and you'll call me healer. I am who I am. Open your mouth, please, and say, he is my I am. What does that mean, church? Whatever you find yourself in, God's going to introduce you to a new dimension of himself. Find yourself with a shut door. He'll open it. Find yourself with some bad help. He'll heal you. Find yourself in some debt. He'll get you out of it. He will prove who he is. He says, my name is, I'll show you, but not tell you. You, 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 ever, you ever been in something? And you're like, God, I don't know how this is going to turn out. And then I am shows up. He says, I'll show you. I will prove who I am. He says, you have a lot of people introducing themselves. What's a business card? It's an introduction to a person. God says, instead of introducing myself with a business card, I'll introduce myself with results. I will give you results. And results will speak for themselves. So look, look at verse... 15. God also said to Moses, say to this, the people of Israel, the Lord. So now he says, just so you have my name, just so you have it, Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God mama told you about, grandmama told you about, daddy told you about, YouTube told you about, Instagram told you about, Pookie told you about. That's my second gentleman, Pookie. Google it. New Jack City. Listen. The God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, he sent me to you. This is my name forever. That's deep. God says, forever I am. And thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. So let me give you three phrases that God uses I am. And these are going to shout me. I'm already shouting. That's this rock going on in this seat. That's a shout. You know you're going to have you a good shout when you get you a good rock. And don't let the rock turn into stank face. It's about to go all the way up. 
So the first, John 8, 58. I am. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So the Hebrews were so fixated on our father Abraham, Abraham, Abraham. So he says to them, let me let you in on something. Before Abraham was, not I was, because that ain't my name. My name is not I was, because that would mean I'm stuck in time. Because I am not stuck in time, I'm before time, I'm after time, I'm Alpha Omega, beginning and the end, I am infinite. That means I keep going and going and going and going. So you can never call me I'm the God that did because I'm always doing something new. You can never talk about what I used to do because I'm always doing something new. I am not the God I was, I am the God I am. I need you to act like I am is about to do something for you. Come on, y'all. I need you to act like I am is about to give you something you never thought you'd have. You never thought you'd walk in. You never thought you'd deserve. How he is, I am. He says, before Abraham, you all caught up about Abraham. Y'all all caught up about Moses now. And they're amazing. I use them. But before they were, I am. So as Hebrews, when they heard him say that, they said, he is God. Because what he literally said was the same Hebrew phrase. Before Abraham was a year, a share, a year. I am. What does this mean? Before you ever have a problem, I've already made the solution. <laughs> I told you it's gonna sell me. So while you tripping over the problem in front of you, he's like, I am. Before that problem was, I am. Before that doctor's report, I am. Before that debt, I am. Before those generational curses, I am. Before your depression, I am. Before your anxiety, I am. Before you felt like giving up, I am. Before you felt like throwing in the towel, I am. Before your marriage was on the rocks, I am. Before your kids acting crazy, I am. Before you didn't know how you're going to build your business, I am. I need you to stop tripping because before you're facing what you're facing, I am. I dare some of us, watch me, this ain't everybody because some of y'all looking real bougie right in here right now. But for those of us that know he is, I am. Can I just get you to hop on your feet and let him know he is? Oh, yeah, he is. Woo! He is, he is, he is, he is, he is. Before I ever had an issue, he is, I am. Before you were called ugly, I am. Before you were called a failure, I am. Before they said, don't nobody want you, I am. Before they said, you're not going to make it, I am. Let me see that I, he says, before any of that happened, I am. And so you tripping over something that before it was, I am. See, the problem you're facing, issue, obstacle, challenge, vicissitude, perhaps, God's like, that's you. Before that was, I am. Well, God, I'm just so scared. What's going to happen? God says, before you even had fear, I am. And if you read this book, you'll discover that I proved to a whole lot of people who I was and who I am. 
And so if I prove to them I am, you need to be like David. That's why David walked up on Goliath like a whole Jew. What's a G? A gangster. What's a gangster? Somebody that handles business in a very violent way. And some of y'all, I need you to remember your before I am days. Because <laughs> before I am days, you were a gangster. Not literally, but you just handle business. And I need you not to get saved and become weak. I need you to have that same. David walked up on Goliath. And you know what he says? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that dare defy the armies of the Lord? The Lord, the Lord, I am. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? What does that mean? You ain't got no covenant with God and you're about to lose your job. Get this dance. And some of you need to look at the big things you're facing and say, listen, I'm going to get a little David on the inside of me. And I'm going to tell you, before you even existed, Goliath, I am. Before you ever existed, doctor's report, I am. Here's the second one. God, that's good to me. If I didn't have time, we'd write. If I didn't have to keep time, we'd write that one on out right there. Here's the second I am. I am the Lord that brings you out and takes you in. Genesis 15 and 7. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out from the Ur of the Chaldeans. What is that? That's where Abraham was born. Hmm. Hmm. Everybody listen to me. God says, I am the one that takes you out of where you were born and what comes with it. Because most of what you struggle with face today comes from your Ur of Chaldeans, where you were born, what you were taught, what you were mistaught, how you were hurt, harmed, misinformed, tossed around, shaped and rocked, rocked and shaped. God says, I'm the one that takes you out of that. I'm the one that takes you out of throwing temper tantrums. Can I get real? I'm the one that takes you out of that feeling of being overlooked because you felt that way as a kid. I'm the one that takes you out of feeling abandoned because you were as a kid. I'm the one that takes you out of feeling like you were never good enough unless you won. I hear the Holy Ghost right through here. He, he says, I'm the one that takes you out. Say, so he takes me out. And then he says to give you this land to possess. Land for us isn't a parcel of land. It, and and any time you see land in the Old Testament, for us today it means life. It's a life of shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. So God says, I take you out of where you were born and what comes with it. Because that's where all of your dysfunction came from. That's where all of your misinformation came from. Your Ur of Chaldeans. It's different for everybody. For some people, I taught you this before, many people, they live within 15 minutes of where they grew up. And I'm not knocking that. What I'm saying is that tells us that we don't move too far from where we started. Our mentality doesn't move too far from where we started. Some of y'all need to take a new route home just because today. I need you to see something new. Y'all ain't saying that to me. I need you to see something new. For some of you, you need to drive to work different tomorrow just because. Why? I need you to see something new. I need you to get up off of Parker Road, get up off 225, and can you some other roads. Why? Because when you begin to do something new, your mentality is going to shift to say, I don't have to always do it like that because he is, I am, which means he takes me out of what I was and takes me into what he's making me to be. He says, 
I'm not going to do it for you. He says, I'm going to give you this land to possess. Check it out. Come here. We asked the Lord to use you, so he's using me a lot lately. All right, I'm going to give you my phone. This wonderful product. I don't want to talk about it. God says, now I'm giving you this to possess. Here's the problem. When I give it to you, when I give it to you, see, this is what happens to Android users. They don't pay attention. <laughs> what you going to do now? <laughs> no, I'm just Y'all know, I know, y'all know, we have, we have fun. Got to have fun at church, okay? All right, okay, now. So you're in possession of the land. Do you not know the promised land was somebody else's? You, you, you did not hear what I said. When God says, I'm giving you the promised land, it was somebody else's. Shut your mouth. You may have had it once, but I got it all the time. I need... What God gives you, somebody else is going to have it first. What God has got for you, it's going to look like somebody else got the contract. And God says, you better fight for it. Woo! It was possessed by the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, Allites. I turn into Kings of Rhythm. All of them were there. So God says, I'm giving you this. Just check out how God works. You and I would think God's going to give you something fresh. And it will be for you. You and I would think God's just going to let you walk in and take over. Hey, bye. God says, literally, it's his. I don't like him no more. I don't fool with him. I gave him an opportunity to worship me. They didn't. So I am picks you. Oh, my God, can you just lift your hands and thank him that he picks you? For some of you, you're like, God, what about my family? God says, don't worry about them right now. I picked you. What about my brother? Don't worry about him right now. I picked you. What about my sister? Don't worry about right them right now. I picked you. God, that's good. I gotta... So listen, this is the promise, land. I promise this to you. Put the verse up. I promise this to you, but you're going to have to possess it. This is yours. So I am, in the example, I'm being I am. I am says, this is yours. The Jebusites, the Hittites, the Amorites, all of them, the Ite family. What they've been doing is preparing it for you. I told you the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. All you're going to have to do is possess it. And when you possess it, it's going to be ready for you. You ain't going to have to build a house that's going to be built for you. You ain't going to have to go through the labor for it except to possess it. And I need some of you to get ready because in these next 12, baby, you're about to. Somebody holler, I'm possessing. God. Says, Listen, they've been getting it ready for you. They got, the, they got the sewage ready. They've been building the houses. Everything you need is ready. But I am the God that brings you out. You're out of the earth. You're out of what you were born in. You're out of what comes with it. And now... God that's going to bring you in. But when I take you in, I'm not doing it for you. Look at the screen. I'll do it with you. Which means you need me the whole time to get this. And
and you need me to hold time to keep this once you get this. This is why some of y'all lost some of the stuff you got because you used God to get it, but you didn't make him Lord, so you lost him. But I prophesy, whatever you have lost, hey, Baha, whatever you have lost over these next 12, say, I'm getting it all back. And some more. I quit. I got to quit. I'm out of time. So he says, listen. So, hey, he says, hey, 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 I give this to you. I'll do it with you. I'm not doing it for you. So, listen, you have to follow my instructions. And if I'm not your Lord, only your Savior, you won't hear the instructions. No. One step forward. Stay right there. Don't move. Because he's distracted right now. And what you don't know is I'm playing your enemy. I need you to leap. But wait, don't leap until I say leap. You think every risk is faith and it's not. It's only faith if I say do it. I need you to take a big leap and you're going to leap to your left. One, two, three, leap. Bam. Okay. Don't move. Whoa, 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 whoa. I got you. Because I am ain't going to let you fall. I know you fell out here because you just took a big leap of faith. But I'm not going to let you fall. You fell in your last 12. We ain't falling these. You fell in your last 12. We ain't falling in these. And he's still distracted. I need you. Watch me. I need you to learn new. Your new is now. You ain't used this move before. I need you to pivot on your left foot and pivot towards your right on three. One, two, three, pivot. Now, I need you to stop being arrogant. Get real low. Serve. Serve. Go clean them bathrooms. Go vacuum. Go clean up somebody else's mess. I need you to get low because you're about to take this enemy down and he ain't gonna see you coming because he's so arrogant he doesn't pay attention to what he thinks is beneath him and what he doesn't know is I'm the one that got you down here and now I need you to just I need you to just gently move gently move don't let him hear you stop talking so much don't tell everybody everything Gently move again to your left. Gently, gently. He ain't paying attention. He ain't paying attention. He ain't paying attention. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop, stop, stop. They sense you coming now. Because they can feel you close. And when the enemy feels you close, he starts looking for ways to get you off your course. He starts looking for ways to get you off your track. But I need you to stay low. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you you feel foolish doing what you're doing until it ain't gonna be foolish no more Stay right there. now turn your head to the left I need you to slowly move up don't move too fast darling you always rushing and fools rush in 
Because when you take this land, I'm not just going to get your money right. I'm getting your relationships right. I'm getting your friendships right. All your kids going to be in church by the end of the year. I just need to just do this right. Now, I need you to stand up all the way. I need you to reach across. This is going to be scary because you're about to take the first move. And this first move, you might be scared of the enemy because it's a whole lot of them. And you're used to making defensive moves, not offensive moves. You're used to responding to the devil and not getting in his face. You're used to responding to depression, not getting in his face. But in these next few, you're going to be all up in the face of your issue. So I need you now. I need you now. I need you now to reach your right hand over because he's distracted. And when I say snatch it, you better snatch it and grab it. And don't fear because I am as with you. When the opportunity is in front of you, you better take it. So watch God. I know you're getting scared because you're in an uncomfortable stretch. You're in an uncomfortable position. You're used to new things. You're already out of the Ur of Chaldeans. But when I say snatch it, you snatch it. And then I need you, when the enemy turns and looks at you, I need you to give me glory. Why? Because I'm going to step in and fight him over. I'll do it with you. I'm not doing it for you. When I say snatch it, you better snatch it. Snatch it. I got you. You ain't going to mess with him. You ain't going to touch him. I got you. I am the Lord that fights for him. I am God that fights for him. Now you got what I promised you. Which takes me to the last one. I am your Alpha and Omega. I am your beginning and your end. Come on, Scripture. I am Revelation 22 and 12. Behold, I'm coming. Bring my recompense with me. Say payback. <laughs> to repay for each one what he has done. Every good thing you've done, God says, I want to pay you back for that. Somebody say, I'm ready. I am Alpha and Omega. The first and the last. I am the beginning and the end. What's Alpha and Omega? That's the Greek alphabet. They didn't go to Z. Stopped at Omega. I am Alpha and Omega. How is this going to work for me, God? Now I got it. How's it going to end? It's going to end well. Because I'm Alpha and Omega. So I'm at the beginning of it. I'm at the end of it. I'm at the beginning of it. I'm at the end of it. I'm the author of your faith and the finisher of your faith. <laughs> and when I come, I bring recompense with me. See, the reason you need me to be Lord is because if I'm only Savior, I can't pay you back. This is only for those that I'm their Lord. So everybody that I'm your Lord to, God says, while you're in there, I need you to look over here because this was the promise. But over here, that's payback for what happened when you were a teenager. Oh, that, 
Over here is payback for when that person betrayed you and you were loyal. Recompense means payback. O -o Over here is for what happened to you and you felt like you lost $150,000 on that deal. You didn't lose it. You asked me to be a millionaire, so I took it as seed. You said you're blessed to be a blessing, so I snatched that as seed. Oh, and that's an ID. I'm giving you a brand new start and lease on life. That's a fresh identity. That's your recompense. Everything they do at you, I gave you a new ID. Everything they messed you up with, I gave you a new ID. Can I get everybody in here that knows he is the Alpha and the Omega? Can I get you to give him glory for just about five seconds? Come on. In this building and online, he is I am. He is I am. He is I am. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All of those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.